Hello and welcome to Carbitrage Podcast, episode 87. I'm Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host Ryan Sinitsky. Hello. Hello there. Hi. Hi. Uh, welcome is, back. Is, is my microphone turned off? Oh, there it is. No, I, I hear it on. now. Okay, cool. Anyway. I know that's probably a concerning moment, but I'm going to turn off the fourth microphone since we don't need it this time. But Wait, is, that, else is that Janice is, or is Janice No, three? Janice three. Okay. You're two. I'm number one. Okay. I'm number one. Now we anyway, know. There you go. Anyway, Beer. Grand Belt. Grand Belt. That's all we got. Anyway, Patreon. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no. We're not doing Patreon first. No, no. It's, it's, it's a tome to, uh, oh. to donate to our Patreon so we can afford yes, to have Yes, if you do go to patreon.com forward slash carbitrage. Or uh, sparkling peach black tea from Caribou. I don't think the Patreon have... people will get that for us. No, but they need to have it at every location of Caribou so I don't go and get disappointed. Oh. Yeah, she's had a problem with disappointment. This it's is the not first one I me. was able to get this week because I'll go to Caribou and they'll be like, we don't have Caribou tea. Here. Is it participating locations or is it a time thing? So it's the it's ones with like, Einstein Brothers don't have it. Huh. So a lot of the ones with drive throughs just so you know, don't have caribou tea. It's like apparently. my disappointment early in the Shamrock Shake season when they have them advertised and they don't have them. Exactly. That's how I felt all week. That's angering. That is angering. I'd leave them a bad review on Google. I, well, I'm not quite that motivated, but, you know, it's one of those things where, okay, yes, make sure all the caribous have that tea. Thing. And please sparkling peach black tea. And yes, uh, if you would like to support our drinking habit or give us nicer beers, uh, do that via patreon.com forward slash carbitrage. As an added benefit, you will get the ability to dump topics for us to cover, and eventually you will get some swag from us as well. Yes, once we have Shway. once we have enough people and get some money for it. Yes. Well, I just want to have time, basically. No. Not yet. <laughs> now. Good news. Okay. I'm all about good news, especially with the note. Um, especially for Jana. Last episode. Peugeot is coming to America officially. Yay! Yes, this is a thing. I'm very excited. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. s- specifically, I believe they're going to be bringing that cool 405 concept car. Ooh. Ooh. Yes, that one. Jana, if you look at the screen, that one. That's a properly good-looking car. That is very nice-looking. Yeah, that that I th- that's one of the that's the other car I'm excited for at Geneva. These uh, camera mirrors should be mounted up here. I think uh, camera mirrors are stupid. They are stupid, yeah, like, but really they, bad. Should, they should still mount them up here on the They, they look like somebody knocked the mirror off of the car. Yeah, pretty much. Well, that yeah, it's like, like you just failed to duct tape it back on. Yeah. And, that, and if you're like me where your eyes are really funky, I cannot look at backup cameras without them like completely throwing me off mm. just because of my terrible you know depth perception. So like mm. I, I want to see in my mirrors. Well, luckily, most of the... Full. There are there. I think there's only one production car right now, and it's not even delivered yet that has full camera mm-hmm. mirrors, but it's an optional extra. Okay, and it's actually good. the the Audi e-tron, which we'll talk about at the end of the podcast. Mm. Um, but these, are, <laughs> I'm going to just to rip on it. Good. Which is weird for me ripping on an EV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's but, Audi, but. <laughs> um, so anyway, yes, it it probably will have these as an option, but I, it's not going to be standard equipment. I guess you could just install mirrors yourself, but where's yeah, the just fun in that? Screw them into the fender. Call it, it good. It will take Pujo some time to get here, though. Yeah, uh, it'll oh, yeah. take him probably about ten years or so because they have to get everything compliant and everything again. But it'll just be fun. Them over right now. To, to be honest, Jan, by the time you're right. Now. Jana, Bring the Avon time over now. Jana, what's what's your um what's once you're looking for a new car? Like a new new car, not a used car? Yes, that will be when Peugeot is in America. I guess. 
Wow. So, Last time you could buy a new Peugeot in the United States or Canada was 1991. Yes. That was before I was born. Well, I was geez. alive. I was also I was born. alive. I was born in... Barely, probably, for me, but... Yes. Alive, nonetheless. So, yeah, they're bringing hopefully that, but if it's in 10 years, who knows what they're bringing. I'm sure the lineup will look considerably different. Let's just hope for no yes, crossovers. But, but they do have a lot of cool looking stuff. Well, I mean, they're gonna be bringing a lot of city cars, like two oits and stuff. And perfect, exactly and what we need. Yeah, that's exactly what American needs is it, it, French city cars. Because if you've ever been to an inner city where most of our population is statistically moving, the third photo in this article is a ninety-one five hundred five turbo wagon. Yes, that's true. <laughs> that's very cool. Um, I like it. But it, in in America, like where the majority of our population is moving, crossovers don't work. You need something smaller. So something like yeah. a Peugeot would be perfect. It'll be better once we get another recession and the gas prices go up again. Too. I cannot wait until oh, it kills yeah. all the crossovers. Dude, It'll be I a great calling. <laughs> what I get really mad because I work in St. Louis Park, right outside of Uptown, and so Saint often, Jewish Park. yeah, yes, I often have to go into Uptown, and mm-hmm. I'm always followed by a giant farm truck that is clean so it's obviously not an actual farm truck right and it pisses me off to no end because they take up like one and a half lanes and i'm already feeling like anxious because i've got my giant sienna Mm -hmm. so i'm like i'm already too big for this city Mm -hmm. why are you here please leave Yeah. yeah that's not a good fit for that area those, no. those roads aren't what you call large. Every no. time I... It's the gentrification of Uptown is bringing all these trucks in, and it's pissing me off. What? Gentrification yeah, is bringing in farm trucks? Yes. Yeah, because a lot of people are moving in from, like, out of the city. Oh, and stuff. so it, you, and they want to bring... their job now. No. no. And so, so now, and, and they're, yes. they're moving to places that are, like, you know, they, they know are hip. And so, like, yeah. it's well-known. I mean, people in the know know that Uptown sucks now, but, like, if you live out... I hear it's all about Dayton's Bluff now. Yeah. Yeah. But, but like if you live out in Buffalo, Minneapolis, like, then you're going to think, oh, Uptown's, I heard, is a happening place. they got a lot of cool bars and a well, cowboy chair. It, it is still a cool place, but, I mean, it's, it is, it's a lot of work. It's getting It sucks pretty. now. It's just, it's, all of our favorite restaurants are turning into vegan restaurants, and that's where and I draw the line. Not only that, all my favorite stores are turning to condos, so it's yeah. like... Well, comprehensive plans probably doing a lot of that, which is an overall good thing. Yeah, but no, that's fine. But no, I mean, northeast, like, I think, is really on its up and up now. Yeah, northeast is awesome, but I don't want to live in northeast. It's too close to Hilltop and Fridley. I don't want to live around that. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I just, I, I don't want to live around poverty. When I first moved into St. Paul, I'm like, well, I'm just moving here because that's where I can afford to live right mm-hmm. now. But like, the longer I live there, I'm like, this place is the jam. No, I really yeah. want to live in Dayton's Bluff. I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I'm like actively searching for a house in your neighborhood. I mean, Hopefully it's unless I could find, you know, a ho- one of those minor houses mm-hmm. for reasonable. Oh, that would be super cool. I, yeah. I want that, like, yeah, I wouldn't have a garage, but I wouldn't care because, like, that's, that house is designed for me. It would turn into an issue. Living it around would. There Jan, sucks, I'm not going to lie. But that's it would, be it's but, a you know, beautiful if place I can afford house. a house there, I can yeah. afford a garage somewhere else. Yes, that is yes. probably true. But yeah, I, the first time, like I said, we were talking about this last week, I was in college in a drawing class and we yeah. just walked across the pedestrian bridge from Augsburg and we were on this street where no cars are allowed. Yeah. yeah. All walking traffic's just gorgeous. It was like fall. Yeah. We sat on one of these like seven trillion benches where all these people were walking their puppers. I'm like, this is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's super unique being we on a street walked, where there aren't we, any cars allowed. Yeah. Ever. We walked down it during one of the really pretty snows a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. and i was like this is 
this is like what I want. I don't know what those go for, but they are truly tiny. They yeah. are very small, and they go for the same price as a normal house. Oh. But, I would know, probably skip it then. So it'd be like about the price of like, you know, like $180,000 for a house that's like yeah. a, maybe 1,000 square feet. I don't think they're even that big. I said like maybe. 1,000 square feet. I think the biggest house there is like 1,800 square feet. That's bigger than my house. Oh, no. Never mind. It's like... It'd be about a thousand. thousand. Yeah, I think, I think the biggest one's mine. probably about a thousand. Yeah. Anyway, fifteen hundred's mine, including the basement. I don't know how we got there from Pujo, but because yeah. uh, you're talking about uh, how giant trucks are clogging up city oh, streets. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And, and tiny Pujos are good. That would be perfect and because then yeah, you can fit like two like small Pujo like one hundred fives in the size of uh, in or the space better yet one double oh sevens. Yeah, in the space that like one single F one fifty would take. Base mile short bed. Like, I do not understand the fascination with pickup trucks. I don't either. Like, my dad's always. I, has... I like when people complain about it. <laughs> complain about pickups? No, when they have their pickup. This city's too small for my truck. Oh. <laughs> See, my dad's always had trucks because he's needed them. But right. He's always bought like the smallest, most comfortable. Well, he has a ridge truck. line, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah he's got. That's he's like on his third or fourth ridge line now. Which is impressive because yeah. those things are unkillable. He. Um, he drives a lot, so mm-hmm. he would, he, this is under clean title, by the way. He's laughing about something on my laptop. Oh, um, but yeah, so he would drive it. I think he leased his first one cause that was when the Ridgeline first came out like and he was like, I want to, I just want to test it out. Sure. And so he leased it and he saw that he was going to go over the mileage. So he, I, I don't know if he bought out the lease, but then he got another, he, Originally, he went to a Frontier just to Ooh. try something different. Yeah, probably not good. Yeah, and he didn't like that. That's he went same... back to the Ridgeline, and then he bought out a lease because Ford gave him, like, $1,500 to buy out this lease. So he's like, why not? Hmm. Okay. And then he kept on falling out of it because it was too big. <laughs> That's the only full-size truck he's ever had. And so then he went back to the Ridgeline, and he's like, nothing else. <laughs> so that... Frontier that your father had, that same body style is still in production. Oh, yeah. Also, it was... can you Facebook that Craigslist ad right now at Burger so he can put that on the screen? Because we're going to be talking about that. Notes. Yeah, thank this you. This is under clean title, by the way. Yeah. And, and, and the word nice is in the title. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where should I put uh, Just put it in 87 by beer. 87 by beer. There, I see. Yeah. <laughs> I'll click on it here. Oh. I think it might have been 86. I can find it. Where is it? I saw something move. Yeah, I moved something. I'll just undo it and then. Do you want me? Do you want me to help you, honey? I I, I got it. It was my computer that messed up, not me. You have two hands. Why are you only using one? Because I only want to use one. You don't, there need, we go. You don't need two now, hands. Now click on that ad. And put it on screen grab. Ryan, you don't have to tell me. Oh wow. <laughs> Look at the title. Read it aloud. I'm looking currently. Two th- sorry, asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. 2006 Toyota Prius Hybrid Nice 4CY capital L car, asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. $800, Fridley. Um, <laughs> four parts only description. Miles 116.000. Still run, but this is for project or for parts. Hybrid, the battery is good. Doors, rear bumper, lights are good clean interior for more questions please call my cell thanks for looking 
This thing is demolished. And Look at the title only... status. Title status clean. My <laughs> o- I'm just scrolling through Craigslist right now just for funsies. And my only search criteria right now is picture and clean. And I keep on seeing so many totaled cars. Do you it's guys like... remember the black MRT spider? Yeah. yeah. I still have a clean title for that. That's really? hilarious. Even though it's chopped up and totaled and in the scrap heap. I still have a title. When you... Uh, um, Sorry, when you hold the title and mm-hmm. you get a total loss payout, the title's clean. It gets oh. on a Carfax, but they can't mark the title. Hmm. Huh. Are you saying? Sorry. Oh, as I, I say, I have a, uh, a 93 Accord parts car. It's still in my, it's still in my name. Uh, oh. That, it's been scrapped for about 10 years now. <laughs> and it should fall off it, after five years. It allows me. Well, n- no, Are you paying tabs on it? I just haven't played, paid tabs. I still own it, though. Yeah, it falls off after five years if it's you don't pay tabs. It's still there. Like, it's been there. It still is there. It still shows up. And so, like, when I went to go get tabs the other day, they say, is this for the 93 Accord? And I'm like, no, it's for the 2007 Mazda. Oh, okay. Like, literally, that's... <laughs> like, that doesn't make a lot of sense, because, like, even the uh, the 76 Mercedes, after we moved it over to Stillwater to start working on it in 2014, after it sat for five years, the state had no record of that car existing. Weird. Even though it had, like... 2009 plates on it weird yeah no mine mine was like they asked me about it but anyway I, i've noticed for I, i've always been able to put collector plates on all of my cars regardless of if i'm daily driving it or not mm-hmm. and i've always been able to get away with that i think that car might be the reason why maybe but the collector plate law stipulates that it has to be a regular registration vehicle which I, I know is, yeah but with paid registration weird uh, i i but think maybe i've, maybe I've just had like really like just incompetent clerks. And that is probably pretty likely. Because I imagine it's probably just the clerk, like, you're not supposed to do this. And they're like, I don't care. I'm not getting paid enough. <laughs> I don't have time to do this paperwork. Yeah. I also cannot get collector plates that are specialized. Why? It's, you cannot do it in Minlars. Yes, you can. You just can't transfer an existing personalized plate into Oh, sorry. That, that, that's what it is. Yeah. That, that's what I can't do. Yep. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to do. So I wanted to do Danger Zones, but it's a collector plate. Yep. I can't do it either. So, yeah, there's there's that, that Prius. I'm going to leave that up there long enough where hopefully it becomes our thumbnail for the I, episode. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, no, I was just looking through the... Like, I like the mangled uh, dealer plate on the roof. I didn't even notice that. That's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, that definitely slid right over the uh, structural support. Yeah. So that thing's probably not that damaged. The engine and the motor, though. Those are think? probably fine. Might have cracked something though. Yeah, that was it. Was definitely a hit. <laughs> definitely a hit. It was definitely Clean title though. <laughs> Don't worry. Anyway, I gotta go back to the notes. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, that Prius. That was something pretty special. Yeah. Um, Peugeot <laughs> comes to, to America. Okay. Content. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. That was pretty good. Um, all right, I want to move on to. Huh, it's gonna surprise all of you. Tesla stuff. Yeah. Uh, I put this in on Thursday. I, I heard a loud mooing sound coming from the peanut gallery. It's a Missouri. Missouri. That's to be our Tesla bell. Can it just be like EV stuff bell? Sure. Does that? S- I mean, I have it sit there and resonate the entire time you're talking though. <laughs> Ow! Yes. We'll just Stop go, it! We'll Ryan. just go ahead and almost mute Ryan's <laughs> microphone here. That should be better. So anyway, on uh, Thursday, I put this into the podcast notes as Tesla event news and then a parentheses update. So I just did that. 
I didn't know what the news was going to be at the time. I figured it was going to be a Model Y announcement, which nobody mm -hmm. cares about because it's a CUV. Yeah. It turns out it wasn't. What they did is they finally, three years later, announced their standard range $35,000 model. And how they did that... It, is my mic back on? Yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> Your mic is bick on, yes. Well, Like the pen. So I guess this now, make, pen. This now makes our guest Eric's uh, Model 3 slightly more worthless. Because now he, instead, I don't of having think a, so. instead of having a base model or a high trim level model, he's just... Well, I should, because I the old base model had a lot of not, options. Not, not as collectible. I should say. I don't think any of these are collectible, sir. These are, these are washing the machines. In the future, it'll be, maybe. I don't think so. Maybe like a first year, like... Early Model S with the rear facing. An early Model S with the third row. Yeah, like a F2012 P85 with like the air suspension and the rear seat. That yeah. actually might be a cool car to just that like would, have someday. I think anything with a rear facing third row I, is going to be collectible. I found rear facing third rows on Carpart. Ooh, Will that bolt that? Into, your, into your Model S? I think so. We should try to do that. So I'm going to just have to like buy one. i got to do it to Mark's car anyway because he wants a third row. Well, and that like, makes sense. I don't really want one because I actually haul stuff in my car. But yeah. then I realized they fold under the back floor. <gasps> yeah, dude, do it. When you're not using them. I, I'm like, when oh. we go, if you get that, we will absolutely be going to Anchor Fish and Chips. <laughs> and I'm going to be sitting in that third <laughs> yes. row. It'll be great. Well, we still need to go to Anchor anyway. We do. Heck, what are you guys doing? We, we're going we're to Anchor going tonight. Anything. That's what we're doing tonight. Can I come? Yes. Yeah. Let's go to Anchor, then. That sounds amazing. <laughs> All right. <laughs> On Wednesday night, you know, they shouldn't be too busy. Right. Yeah, yes, no, I, night, I, I would think that the Wednesday night dinner crowd shouldn't be too bad. So um, anyway, sorry. <laughs> so three years late, they finally announced this model, which is, I mean, props to them for finally getting it done. It's actually pretty impressive to put something out like this with as much as they were able to leave in yes. it, at oh, that yeah. price point. But it would have been so much more impressive if it happened two years ago. Well, yeah. all right, so this is the thing. With Tesla, and with the faith everybody has in Elon Musk, he says he's going to do something, Yeah, and he does it. It might not be the time frame you're hoping right. for, but it gets done. And people are always right. wondering, like, why the hell is Tesla stock worth so much more? It's because of this. He like, does realize it eventually. Elon Musk has, like, the most impeccable follow-through of anybody <laughs> right? I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> This whole promise flamethrowers. Yeah, like yeah, the boring he, company flamethrowers. Yeah, like he says he's gonna do something and he does it, and so like he's got like series of tubes he wants to do, and oh, I don't, the hyperloop, the hyperloop. Yeah, and and I'm sure he said that they're not doing it, but they're gonna find a place Someday. or something to do with it. There probably like, already is one. It's just not like approved. <laughs> he has a hyperloop. It goes from like it goes from like the McDonald's White House to, to it goes from oh. White House to like to like Area Fifty One. <laughs> Maybe. You never know. I mean, if, if if it's going to exist, it will be done on the hush-hush with government contracting funds because that's oh, where the money is. Yes. But anyway, back to this thing once more. Um, how they were able to do this is they cut the base Model 3 range from 240 to 220 miles. And then that's they took it? out the Only power 20 seats. miles? Yeah. They took out power seats, perfect. power steering column, perfect. gave it cloth seats, took perfect. out nav. Perfect. Like, this is the perfect stripper. That's awesome, actually. That's and like they'll everything add, I want. And they'll add all of that crap back in for two grand if you I, want. I don't want any of that. Except for maybe the range. I, well, the range, maybe. I'd rather have power. If I can get power over range, I'll do that. Well, I think it, well, I mean, they kind of go hand in hand yeah, just because yeah, the bigger battery can dump more current. Yeah. That's pretty much all it is. Whenever you talk about range, I think of this, like, video clip that surfaces around the internet of somebody, like, pretending to be a famous singer. Okay. And they're asking the person in an interview about like 
these other singers and they go oh she hasn't got the range love her but she hasn't got the range uh, oh the vocal range yeah <laughs> like I, I do adore her but she just hasn't the range <laughs> yeah so whenever you talk about range that plays on loop in my head if we if someday maybe i'll get like one of those npc soundboard things where we can load clips into it we'll just oh, we'll load that it. in for you yeah like she hasn't got the range she hasn't got the range i adore this this girl but so, she hasn't the range. Th- all right, so you were saying it was be Tesla easy news, and I was about to be bored out of my mind. I'm actually extremely excited about Dude, this. Dude, base mo- and you can still get a tax credit on these too for Ooh. right now. Right now, you can pick this car up. Uh, well, MSRP thirty five mm-hmm. minus thirty seven fifty until June. But Scott found this. There's a fifteen hundred dollar destination charge oh. on this car, which is pretty substantial. So yeah, really. Insane. After tax title and everything, you're at like 37. But still, as a financed amount for like a brand new rear-wheel drive EV with more than 200 miles of range, that's impressive. Yeah, Do that's you think so they did this on purpose to extend the tax credit? No. no. I think they did this because the demand okay. for the pre-orders on the existing Model 3s oh, that makes or the sense. orders was falling off. So like, well, it. now we have to give them this. In addition to that, what nobody's really covered that I've found is Tesla also dropped the price base prices for the model s and x like 10 grand oh, oh my god that's awesome that's a lot yeah so that's now they're car, those are undercutting work. like used ones now on the market so like you can pick up that's awesome a brand that's new great. 75d model s for 70 i think wow. i still don't get why people get so mad at elon musk and like want well, to go away like i do not like i think he's a necessary evil like he's it's totally fine like, he's a he's dick creating Instability and change, which is great. No, I'm 100% okay with them. And how they did this, from what I gather, is they're eliminating um, showroom sales entirely. Yes. So it's all internet sales and now. And Strikes doesn't have a job, so that's great. Does, is that what he did at Tesla? I think he did. He did sales? I, I th- oh, he did something like that. Well, if he loses his job, just all the better, I guess. Yeah, even better. Yeah, more, more power. Yeah. I mean, karma works in mysterious ways, but... <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, that's great news. I, I would much prefer all of this to the Model Y. I mean, that's coming too, but... There you go. Uh, you can now actually buy that thirty-five thousand dollars before and refresh my mind. What a Y is. Model Y is the is the okay. So Model X is to the Model S what Model Y will be to the Model Three. Okay. So the Beluga whale built on the small, good driving okay. car. I I can't wait till they're done with that, and we'll finally have the sexy the sexy Roadster Tesla. Sexy. Yeah. Sexy. Sexy. Is that Roadster because it's got an Tesla. iPad that you can sext on? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, because my web browser doesn't work. Uh, actually, because yeah, they're no, you they're can't lower, load, load Pornhub. No, I gotta figure out how to do that. So th- yeah, because you have sexy, and then they're gonna make another roadster. So it'll be sexy roadster. What a great ad campaign without even having to do that. <laughs> You're welcome, Elon Musk. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll receive my royalties and gold doubloons. <laughs> oh, it, it, sorry. One more thing, I forgot. Um, all uh, previously sold Model Threes also got an over-the-air range update. To add 10 to 20 miles of range to those things. So That's really cool. The it, fact that that's possible is a little stupid to me, but whatever. Yeah. That just means is. that they undersold you on whatever you had before. But I don't know. That's I'm all for that. That's great. So, speaking of things that are great yes. and perfect vehicles, Jan told you that all my things I'm talking about, ooh, a Type 3, um, all the things I'm talking about are your kind of stories. Yeah, you've been pumping. I had to drive from... St. Downtown St. Paul, over by where Berger lives, and to Bloomington to grab my laptop mm-hmm. to here, and that was a long drive just for this news, guys. So, the 
Mercedes G Wagon yeah. does have fr- independent front suspension now, finally, but it kind of sucks. It's a bummer. However, so is this a, a W465 then? This is the new one. It's still the G Wagon, still just as off roady, but it got almost perfect scores by in-cap crash test. They said it was like the perfect car, basically. That's perfect. incredible. Did it beat out like the EV stuff, which is always like yeah. super high and mighty and yeah. smelling its own farts? So, That's awesome. Um, a vehicle. This is a strangely mesmerizing gif. I know. Yeah. So the vehicle scored a 90%, 83%, and a 78%. Wow. Um, it got 16 out of 16 points for adult occupant protection. Wow. And a full eight for child protection. Um, These need a third front windshield wiper. Yes, yes, it does. And then it also got a uh, 72% on safety assist, which is like all oh, your active safety garbage. Okay, so this is an SUV that is safer for people than... This is the thumb in the eye to everybody that says crossovers are safer than SUVs. Fuck off and die. You're wrong. That exists. Also, go buy a Mercedes G. Yeah, yeah. Every, I don't understand. If you're buying a, if you are buying a SUV, you go buy a Forerunner. If you need something nicer than a Forerunner, you go buy a Galandavagen. If those don't the fit, the G wagon's more than twice the price of a loaded Forerunner. Now, one second here. Okay. Now people say, "Well, I don't like either one of those." Then fine, go buy a wagon of some sort because yeah. that's the way the world should work. That's what you need. You have you. you have I think your that should util- be option one. You should have, you have your utilitarian SUV. You have your nice SUV. The crossover has no business existing. I agree. And then you just we have agree on this. a wagon for anything else. And if you need a truck, and you need to have, you just go buy an F one fifty or a Tacoma or something, or like, a Rivian. Yeah, or a Rivian, which when that eventually comes out. But Which like, will also be expensive. It's just, I don't want to, this is just a perfect example of why crossovers are stupid and shouldn't exist. <gasps> I found a Yugo GV on. Yes. I, I get a G, we need a GVX. I know, we but I just get excited because I saw Yugo. <laughs> I, I, we can easily swap it to, GV, to a GVX. You need a rear sway bar. No, no, no. No. And a dip, no, they the, look different on the outside. They've got cooler wheels and like a body package. Yeah, you get the body package. No, you no, get... I just got to buy a GVX. But I'm glad that there's finally good news about the G-Wagon, not people just driving them off of parking ramps. Why? Well, Th- those are good news because every one of those people have lived. Yeah, that's true. I but... was just worried because like there were mumblings last year, but like, is the G-Wagon dying? No, like, it's no, not. Those sell really not. well, so they're not dying. The G-Wagon <laughs> is not dying. Like That G-Wagon will be around forever. It's like saying, is the F-150 dying? No. There's no chance that F-150 is dying. Oh, oh, there's more NCAP videos. We got to watch these. They're crash test videos. Yeah. Euro NCAP. For safer cars. <laughs> test 2019 oh Mercedes-Benz G-Class. Five star. Oh, wow. wow. That thing hit like 50. That looked expensive. Wow. No cabin intrusion at all. That's amazing. The doors didn't move. Wow. So what we're watching here is it's a video of a G-Wagon crash test at 55 miles per hour. Into a concrete wall, nonstop, wow. with a 25% overlap or something. That's, that's small front overlap. Yeah, touch, small yeah. front overlap. And there's no deflection at all in the body panels beyond the, cor- beyond the fender. Like, wow. You yeah. Can, you can still <laughs> oh, look at those poor wiper blades. Yeah, it was <laughs> enough. But the windshield's fine. Yeah, nothing, nothing broke. But when you, yeah, the Starbucks is still standing. <laughs> you, can, you can literally cut everything off. What's the Starbucks rating on this vehicle's crash test? <laughs> well, the thing is, you can you can cut off everything from the A pillar. PSL. A, everything from the A pillar four can get cut off on this. Why is there a child driving vehicle. that G class? 
Uh, Did you see that? It was like a child driving that G class. It's, North, it's North it's, Korean it's crash testing. Oh. A Welshman. A Welshman. <laughs> <laughs> what if you look like that? I'm look, Welsh. Look at the side impact. There's just nothing. It doesn't move. It's perfect. So this is what the military needs these again. Well, the German military has these. That's why no he dies in the that thing's Wehrmacht like not even anymore. totaled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Three hundred thousand miles. The peanut gallery says that's still worth twenty five grand. <laughs> that's oh wow. That. What sort of crash test is that? That is brutal. That's sliding into the corner of a building where they basically are like a tree. These are amazing. How drunk would you have to be? <laughs> what is there? Why is there a wrecking ball? Okay, why is somebody punching the bumper? <laughs> That's for pedestrian safety. Oh, this is dumb. Well, wow. auto emergency brake. That actually, the fact that it even works is pretty amazing. I mean, th- this well, is it a- works really poorly on the BMW X1, as we found. Wow. Yeah, yeah oh, it this. Yeah, it's actually, <laughs> unlike a BMW. So, further proof that Mercedes is actually better than These BMW. These are all very careless pedestrians. Yeah. I think th- this is proof that... I- <laughs> this is maybe one of the best videos I've ever I seen. I know, you're going to have to send this to me. All right, we're going to watch this one more time. So, the, this is... The the fact that the, the Glandewagen has scored this well in this test is further proof that... BMW is not the company they used to be anymore, and the one true luxury manufacturer in Germany is and always has been and always will be Mercedes. Mercedes. Slash yeah. Mercedes is just They just had to put an EV drivetrain in that, and yes. we're set. Yeah, oh my that's God. it. Set. That's it. What's I would pay Done. so much money for an EV G-Wagon. What, well, Mercedes, well, listen. While Audi and BMW are Jenna makes are busy. seven figures, Mercedes. I do. Well, Audi and Volkswagen are busy fucking around with you know, whatever they're doing with all the new tech. Mercedes is sitting here with a vehicle that designed in the 70s, and they just continuously improve upon it. And that's kind of been Mercedes, their whole MO historically. Like, yeah. they didn't make a V8 until, the, like, the late 60s. You're right, because it wasn't perfect yet. No, it wasn't perfect yet. They and other than the 380. They've all been really good. Yeah, and they haven't used... They didn't use... I think the child shot's coming up here. They didn't use... Why anything. is there a child driving that G-Wagon? It's, uh, it's in case woman, your child steals your G-Wagon. Oh. Yeah. But okay. It's theft protection. Like yes. in the 80s, they didn't mess around with electronic fuel injection when GM had their Crossfire, toilet bowl, whatever garbage. Y- yeah, but EFI was pretty reliable in the 80s. But that's the thing is, I'm just saying that Mercedes historically, until something is 100% proven, they don't move on it. Yeah, like, CIS was never 100% proven. What? Paint, paint oh. is true, yeah. All right, yeah. so they, they had their era. They had their paint perfect until 1994, but that was a standard imposed upon them by some other government. Yeah. Exactly. Water-based paint. That's true. That was imposed upon them. The and pipe test is just everything. Yeah, yeah. That, that pipe. Is that the Paul Walker test? <laughs> the Paul Walker test. <laughs> this yes. is the ancient tires, the dry, uh, dry yeah. weather check tire test. The dry rot supercar tire test. <laughs> <laughs> I like this punching test. <laughs> this is mesmerizing. <laughs> Sometimes, for fun, Ryan and I will just have these videos playing in the background while we're doing other work because they're just, like, relaxing to watch for some reason. If there was a good, like, hour-long compilation of this stuff, I would totally leave it on all the time. It's cathartic. Watching, like, crash test videos does feel really good. Are those dummies animatronic? Yeah. Yeah, animatronic dummies. They broke into the Pirates of Caribbean and stole (laughs) the entire ride. 
They stole <laughs> Disney's. All right. I guess we won't watch it a third time. But, oh. man, that G-Wagon, that's some good stuff. Oh, it's built by Magna Steyr now. It yeah. does. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. So, uh, Burger. Yeah. You've been talking a lot about Teslas. Yeah. So, what like, something gives? Hit well, they, they've had a lot of news this week. You know, on the Model 3 and the yeah, price reduction has for the hit, S and X. Has something hit home, though, for you? Well, no, not really. I mean, I bought one. Oh, you did? Did yeah. you bid snipe it? I did. Oh, from an online auction? Yes, but it was a local person selling oh, yeah. it on an online auction site. Perfect. So I didn't have to drive very far. Oh, that's good. But yeah, I bought a 2015 Model S 70D. Oh, excellent. And that is replacing, well, probably replacing the Fiat. Probably. Once I pay off the Fiat, I could just, like, keep it. I would keep the Fiat. It's now, just so expensive to insure. Well, you don't have to insure. You just drive it once in a while. <laughs> and then you insure it when you drive it. Well, yeah, I guess. I'm currently switching insurance companies, so I don't know if that's going to be easy to do with the new company like it was with the past one. But so um, I'm sure for still. you, they'd make an exception because now, of all of your vehicles. Maybe. With, with your whole thing going on here, going from a... Uh-huh. A cute, lovable Fiat to a Tesla. I feel like you're going to have the same issue as when you went from like your MR2 to your Ferrari. Not that it was a direct comparison, but you went from a car that was lovable and fun to everybody assuming that you're a douchebag. I am a douchebag. Well, uh, assumptions may be right, but um, <laughs> I just I fly under the radar on the Fiat because nobody assumes you're a douchebag. No, no. The thing car. is, when you drive a Fiat 500e, everybody goes, "Oh, look at the." Little Fiat, you, you come rolling up in a Tesla, like, fuck you, and then give you the middle finger. <laughs> You're gonna be like the best old man ever, Ryan. <laughs> he is. He's gonna like have a cane, and people are gonna be like, "What happened?" And he's gonna be like, "Ah, oh, this is just for fun." And, oh my God, were you in a war or something? Like, nah, I just hate you. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 that that's making his little Ryan noise. That's why I'm saying I would keep the Fiat because yes. the Fiat's gonna bring joy to people. And I feel like the but Tesla... But I don't need two EVs. He's, no. He's got... You also the... don't need two cars with 12 cylinders, and here we are. You're forgetting he has a BMW 2000. Two, 2002. Yes, yeah, yeah you, you, do, you don't need any of the things you have. Like, this entire garage. A 1M is not a necessity. A 355 is not a necessity. but it is. An 850 is not a necessity. An E30 M3 is not a necessity. Brexit is not a necessity. Mr. Wags. Brexit could go away. Mr. Wags is not a necessity. You take that back. Your 2002 is not a necessity. Mr. Wags is a necessity. Mr. Wags is a necessity. And I'm not even getting to your brother's cars. Like, none of this stuff, or your father's car, none of this stuff is a necessity. But the thing is, you like it. The simple, bare necessities of life? Yeah, like your 2001 M5. 2000. Which I've never seen you drive. Well, it's because I got it a day before it started snowing. (laughs) (laughs) And we've literally not had any nice days since then. That's true. Also, the fuel is extremely low, because I filled it up with non-oxy in Iowa, and I opted to not put a full tank of ethanol gas in it. That's right. I hope it makes it to the gas station in the spring. It's that low. <laughs> I bring a cam- I bring a fuel can with him. Nah, I'm gonna wing it. I got AAA that covers free fuel. But I will oh, say that the Tesla awesome. is a very very cool car. I've been in them. I like them a lot. Everybody that says otherwise has not been in one. 
Like it's yeah, just, pretty much. If you, if you hate a Tesla, it just I mean, you just haven't used one enough, I guess. It, it's like it, you can hate the company, you can hate the owners, absolutely. But the product itself is actually pretty. It's good. like an eighty-eight through nine through ninety-nine or eighty-eight through two thousand one Honda Civic. Like, yeah. No, everybody that's ever been in one that's in even halfway reasonable condition. Like this is surprisingly like, good. You, yeah, you can't dislike it. Like you used to hate on them so hard until Trailer Park Girl got one for a winter beater, and you're like, "This thing's awesome." I'm like, "Yeah, I told you." Like they are great. That '93 cars. four-door DX. E- EX. It was EX. It had VTEC. I remember. It was not an EX. Oh, it was not. Okay, disregard DX. No, that thing was a turd, but it was it drove like surprisingly you, you, you well. Got the, it was enough to give you get the point across. I mean, yeah, that was a five hundred dollar automatic four door no option Civic, and it was like the least. You know, it's fine. Yeah, it, and that's the thing. It's like for a five hundred dollar car, like, but that's like we made so much money on that thing. <laughs> after it was ridiculous, but like, yeah, those cars, like, it's just one of those cars where there's nothing wrong with it. It's a perfectly good, oops, good steering, pretty good power good output, car. nice like, sound even. Is, yeah, yeah, the interior was very comfortable, drove well. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's just a good product, like, like you said. It's yeah, not it's, necessarily inspired. Other other than like but, subjective issues with the car, mm-hmm. which like nobody's gonna agree on. Like objectively, it's a perfect. There good are cars. things I've noticed on that where I'm like, I get that this was a first kind of a first gen product from a new manufacturer. Like they did not figure out how to seal up taillights. No, yeah, or yeah. headlights and things like that. Like there are a couple of like plastic trim clips that aren't perfect but like for yeah, the most part the, my, the quality the interior my in mazda that thing does that i know like it's, it's would, no worse than... I, I washed a 2017 golf yesterday at work when we were done working on it yeah and it had condensation inside the taillight and that's the thing it's just i mean i'm sure they're made by an oem i don't think tesla I, makes their own tail yeah I, I don't think but. i don't think that i really don't think that any of these issues like i mean tesla's you know, they're doing fine. Like, right. There's no different I think than what I've seen from other manufacturers. I think that Tesla does the same thing that Volkswagen does, but people, for whatever reason, give Volkswagen a benefit of the doubt. Well, I think that's just because they've been around longer, potentially. And I think yeah. where the quibbles really happen most on these products is when it comes down to like a quality issue or a fitment issue or an interior issue like that. It's on the $150,000 ones, which have the same interior as my... Seventy thousand dollar one. So like yeah. you, you accept a lot more. You have a, a completely different set of eyes looking at a product when it costs half as much. Or and you're willing to accept these. There, I guarantee you, there are still Audi R8s that still have headlight condensation oh, or taillight sure. condensation yeah. issues. Yeah, it's yeah. I, I think that Tesla does fine. And honestly, a lot of hundred fifty thousand dollars. How many hundred fifty thousand dollar cars made outside of Germany are terribly reliable? I don't actually know the answer to that. I don't think there's that many. Also, I bought an American car for the first time ever. Oh, That's yeah. That's really weird, yeah. Right? To it be fair, really to be fair, if I was going to buy an American car yeah. made after the Korean War, <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. there's a very high likelihood it's going to be a Tesla. <laughs> I got to ask, what were you going to buy pre-Korean War? And I know I'm contributing to my own demise here, but I uh, really want a shoebox Ford. Really wanted a Soda sedan. <clears throat> um, and no, those are those are post-war. I thought the shoebox was pre-war. Shoebox is forty-seven to fifty-three. Oh, fine. Uh, I it, don't retract that. It also killed James Dean. Yeah, it, it was a shoebox Mercury that killed James Dean Bastard. in his Porsche, which is less reliable. Those don't even have flatheads. 
Yeah, they do. Did they? Yeah. But they'll stop in the 50s? 50, oh, you're 50, right. 53. 53 is when they switch over okay. to, the y, to the Y black. Oh, um, but that EAB flathead. Mm. Yes. What a beauty. And then uh, the other ones, of course, would be a probably... I'm uh, hemming and hawing here, literally. The Hemmings? <laughs> Hemmings and Howings? Well, Hemmings has a lot to do <laughs> with this. I would probably say, just because I know it's the trigger you the most, I'd really want a Duesenberg SJ dual cal Phaeton. I don't even know what that is, but definitely worthy of a breast. Oh, man, did we break the bell? I think Jan just broke I'm the sorry. bell. sorry. No, we're good. It just okay, stuck we're down. Good. And then um, another one up there would be a Mercer Raceabout and a Stutz uh, Blackheart. Or Bearcat. Stutz actually. Bearcat? Yep, Stutz Bearcat. And then... Um, All right, you know, I, I'm sorry I asked. I, I thought I could handle this, but I just can't. <laughs> <laughs> I am not strong enough to handle the level of... I, at least I only did one per decade. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. High praise coming from you, my man. <laughs> it could have been way worse. <laughs> it totally could have been way worse. Oh, my goodness. Do they still perform well, lobotomies legally? Uh, that is a tangent. What? <laughs> uh, anyway, so, yeah, I like I said, I don't know if I'm going to keep the Fiat yet or not. I still really love that car. There's aspects of it that I prefer to the Tesla still, but... I mean, just the Fiat's such a good car. It's been endlessly reliable. I don't get well. Like, even the gas ones I've had have been superb. And that kind of leads me to my next you know, point I really want to make here is what the hell is with Fiat always being at the bottom of the consumer reports? I don't know. They've got the, like, the 124 Barth manual's got the longest lot life of any yeah. new car for sale right now. Yeah. In, in the country. For some <clears throat> reason. And it's a great car. It's a great car. And then The you, 500s, other than the fact that they have not touched the design in a decade. It's fine. It's whatever. I know. But, like, that's why it's not selling in volume here. But, well, not only that, they also, like, keep just, you know, I'm going to say it, lying about the the quality of the car. Like, yeah, okay, it's got kind of a chintzy interior. It, okay. But for the price point, a $15,000 car, that is I, not I will, a bad interior. I will take a 2010 Fiat 500 over a... 2012, first year. Sorry, 2012 Fiat 500 over a 2012 Volkswagen Golf 2OT any day. Because I know that 2OT is just going to be an awful sack of shit. And I know that Fiat 500 is going to be perfectly reliable as a sunrise. It's going to be great. Those powertrains, man. Like it's a really Even great that, engine. That Eisen six-speed auto, sealed trans. You cannot service it. Even if you want to, you can't. I tried one time on a friend's car. You Th- just there can't. are automatic Fiat 500 NAs out there with like 170, 80, 90 thousand miles, no problems. And that's really, really awesome. And I think that for eighteen hundred dollars. Yeah, I would really recommend that. I, there's a very high likelihood that my next car is to be a Fiat. Or, They're so good. So- I've been looking at Yugos now. <laughs> so it's basically I, just an old Fiat 500 that yeah, was made way worse. and so I, I looked up Yugo GVX for sale because we mm, need a carbitrage Yugo GVX. And um, the first two results was uh, Bring a Trailer from a 2017 and a Jalopnik. Jalopnik? Yeah. Uh, and oh, I get it because it's, it's what you read when you're yeah. pooping. Uh, yeah, that's Anywho, true. I don't like them anymore because Jop- they're Jop-lop-nick. like... Japlopnik. Japlopnik. <laughs> oh, we should have named the podcast Japlopnik. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the ti- title of this article is Would You Pay 5500 for a Rare Fancy Pants 1988 Yugo GVX? And the answer is yes, Not course. written by Jason Torshinsky, shockingly. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Like, 5500 is a lot unless I think it's mint. 
Uh, it, it is, is it man. Is. I, okay. To be fair, I'd pay fifty five hundred dollars for a Yugo. But that's that's one point. Oh, that, that's two hundred five GTI money. That's true. One six GTI money, it, right hand drive. Not the one you want, but still a two hundred five GTI. The, all right. So what mm. I'm gonna say here is. This is why, for the longest time, I would only buy Hondas. Is what would you rather get for your money? Would you rather get the very best of something mm-hmm. or the absolute worst? I am in the party that I like the very best of something. If I'm gonna spend, you have the very best minivan. Yes, if I'm gonna spend four grand on a car, and I'm going to get the very best Honda CRX as opposed to the very worst Supra. Right. If I'm going to spend $5,500, I'm looking for an older European hatchback that's going to be you know, like a collector car. Mm-hmm. I will get the GVX before I get the very worst Peugeot. And the reason it's being... It's still going to be a pretty nice 205 GTI, but yeah, it's not going to be like a mint factory and fresh that's, that's the thing. GVX. This is going to be the one that's going to be really nice. You can yep. take it to car shows. You can show off and flex in it. And it's actually going to appreciate money. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, <laughs> I'm not, wow. Okay. I don't, I don't know if... Uh, the t- the term flexing in a Yugo GVX has ever been like said before. Well, you gotta, at least, you gotta at least have in this hemisphere. A, a jumpsuit. <laughs> yeah, a, a jump. Yeah, you have to have a track suit. Track yeah. suit. Fle- that's fle- what it's fle- called. Flex. Sorry. Yeah, I'd flex in a GVX. Absolutely. A GV flex. Yeah. Well, a GV that needs flex. to be a car. That's the X is for flex. <laughs> I think this yeah, needs to be a carpet like bumper sticker <clears throat> flex in my. Just flex do one of like the GVX. outline yeah. things of a Yugo GVX and like GV the X flex. Is for flex. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine any of their trademarks or anything are still active, right? No, because they they were trademarked in Yugoslavia, which is no longer a country, and oh. they are. Uh, when Zestava is still around, but I don't think that. Well, the Yugo part though, like we could probably just have GVX in yeah. it, and then have. Well, X's not only that, Zestava has like zero market here in the United States. So long as we aren't marketing to Russia, we're fine. And it would be for clothing, not for car stuff. It's probably okay. Yeah, it's hundred percent okay. You I'm gonna make a car brand that's a hundred percent just like ripping off Yugo now. <laughs> Because there's no way I can get in trouble for copyright law. The Japlopnik Pugo. <laughs> I like that. Uh, no, that, yeah. I, I, anyway, back on topic of the Fiat 500, though. Um, no, the Fiat 500 is a car that totally gets a bad rap. Like, ev- another car that is like the, the Tesla Model S or the EFEG EK Civics is that's one of those cars where I've never been in one with somebody and they had a bad review for it right like every single person i mean initial quality back in early 2012 there were issues with some adhesives and things like that and like just early car manufacturer stuff yeah i get it but But like like, nothing mechanical it's like it's like one of those rotten tomatoes reviews where it's like the audience score is like at 90 percent, and the critic score is 42 or something yeah i Again, I yeah, I don't hear genuinely bad things about those cars. Yeah, in all honesty, I never have, never so, have, and I never will. To you, consumer reports and everyone else that rates the Fiat 500 poorly, get your shit stop together. it. Yeah, get it's your a good together. car. Go hey, drive one. Let's move on to our next. Yeah, thing. so I want to cover a quick little Patreon topic, and that is why do modern cars, for the most part, seem to not have advanced much beyond the top speed barrier of about 220 miles an hour that we achieved in the early 1990s? Tire. I don't think it's tires. No, because it's not, because we definitely do have tires that can do it. Yeah, we have tires that can do like 270, 280 now. Well, I mean, to be fair, it was when we went 220 with the 
XD220 uh, and the EV110 and the McLaren F1. Yeah, but those three, those three of like a ton. And now we are at 245 and we got the Koenigsegg and we got the Bugatti and we got. Right, but the McLaren Another F1 did that in 1996 or something. It did 240. Yeah, but I mean, like, if you think about it, like, back in the 50s to the 60s, we only went from, like, 120 to 155. Right. But or the, 125 the, to 155. The horsepower sorry. output from the 1950s to the 1990s is incredible. It, the two cars that did it was not that large of a difference. It's an X-120 versus a Ferrari 250 GTO. Right. Like, they weren't that huge a, a difference in power. But the, I mean, okay. So, what I want to touch on is, like, we've let's take the EB110, the XJ220, the McLaren F1, and let's compare them to, the, like, the Agera R, uh, a Wyra. A Wyra and a, uh, uh, and the, the, uh, the Let's not do a Chiron. That's too fast. That's in a completely different echelon. Like, that, oh, okay. that's an outlier. It, which we should, we should probably ignore the McLaren F1 in that case, too, because that was kind of an outlier. It was much yeah. faster than the other well, two. Well, I think, all right, so the thing is with the, with F1, like, that was the first real hypercar. And, um, and it was the only NA one in the bunch. <laughs> yeah, historically, <laughs> the only NA hypercar. Um, but I mean, like, if you're gonna ignore that, we sh- you should just ignore hypercars as a whole. I think that that's the thing. The whole thing with a hypercar versus a supercar is that the hypercars are the ones are, you know, trailblazing, actually doing stuff. Whereas supercars are much more of a fashion statement or like it, it exercise in engineering. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the power levels when you look at the five to six hundred horsepower supercars of the early 1990s versus the you know, seven to eight hundred probably ish you're working with, honestly, and the, the reasonable stuff like yeah. McLaren's, the McLaren, whatever it is. I think the reason why we don't see them much higher is honestly gearing. Well, there's that. And I think another thing is the quality of life in these cars. And reliability, probably. And re- too. reliability, the quality of life, the amount of just extra shit that's in them. Like, right. you, you, like, you can't really buy a Ferrari F40 these days. Right. Like, there's nothing that's like that. You, you don't have anything that's like a gutted out track car from the factory. You only have... Unless you buy a Senna, yeah. I guess, but that's pretty limited. It, exactly. So, like, yeah, you have, like, the McLaren Senna. And that's an outlier, once again. Again, so, yeah. But yeah, I, I think we have the technology... We've had the technology since then. We've just been improving, so there's really no reason to go I, beyond I, I, that. Well, the thing is, you know, also in that era of when we went from 120 to... Uh, or 125 to 155... In, the quality of the driving of the car changed a lot. So, XK120 really was at its heart like a mg with a giant engine in it and a 250 gto right. was an actual track car right and then the switch from that from from the actual track car to the countach as the countach actually had like an that attempt a... at luxury but it did not work but i mean like it's you, you had a lot of these things where you had these these big jumps but between the big jumps you had you had everything else change it's like if you're playing like civilization or something the video game and you finally reach that one technology upgrade that sends you into the next era mm-hmm. but still the rest of your technology has to keep up with that era before you move on to the next era right but are you implying that like the eb110 and the xj220 were just gigantic turbocharged nuclear bombs with like crap no cans I, th- I think that they were I, no I, I think that um the the eb110 and the f1 those ones were that big jump that happened hmm. and what they were really jumping from was from the Countach's and stuff like that of the eighties. Of course I really love, but um, 
that just objectively are not that good of a car. But they, they jumped from that to actually being, yeah, this car is as nice as a Countach, but oh, by the way, it also does stuff. Well, like you can commute in it, and it has yeah. air conditioning, and there's room for groceries, and it doesn't overheat. Exactly, because I was going to say, the car's a crap can to drive in, but it's still super fast with the well, F40. Yeah. yeah. It's, th- that's the one where it said, hey, here's all this yeah, racing performance. Yeah, talk about stripped out. There you go. Yeah. Like, here's, the here's, paint is too thin. Yeah. Here's, <laughs> here's all the performance that you can get. You get absolutely nothing else. And then the EB110 and the yeah. F1, they came in, did the same shit, but added some stuff in. Well, they had it, luxuries, yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, the, the McLaren didn't as much, but the, the XJ220 and the EB110 absolutely did. Yeah, I, th- I think that what, what it takes is you have your car that creates that quantum leap and that next era, mm-hmm. and then everything else okay. has to keep up with it. So that. we have our quantum leap, the Veyron. Yes. Our car, our hypercars in 10 years going to supercars in 10 years. Are they going to be able to hit 250 and still have the creature comforts and stuff I, like that, that? Yeah, totally. Okay. I, I have no doubt of that. I think probably in 10 years, 10 years are be probably looking at 275. And then after that, I want to see 300 with, you know, I'm, I'm before the feel, before the internal combustion engine's done. I don't know. I mean, tire technology and like even getting a wheel to last at 300 miles an hour is tough. Yeah, I know. That's the thing is, th- this especially is... something that people are going to run into curbs and they're going to put crappy Nankang tires on it. So, all right, this is my whole thing with supercars and why I love the Countach is I want a car that does one specific purpose. Mm-hmm. With complete disregard for anything else, the Countach was built for like pure aesthetics and nothing else. It happened to be the best, the fastest car in the world, but it just it had one specific goal and it right. did that. <laughs> and I like cars that are like that. I really like cars that have one specific goal. Like the F40 had yeah. one specific goal: be fast. Yeah, exactly. And like as annoying as it is, a kind of like the Veyron for that because it had one specific goal. Yeah, but the Veyron was really good at a lot of stuff. And that's the thing. That's why I said I, that one kind of annoys me. But mm. uh, like the whole one specific goal where you you are trying to do something, mm-hmm. just do it and yeah. worry about it. You know, don't half don't half ass two things. Whole, whole ass, ass one, one thing. thing. Exactly. And that's what I like about a lot of these supercars versus another good carbitrage apparel. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, we need the to get X's at, for flex. We would, yeah. <laughs> Whole ass one thing. Yeah. And it's, it, it's, it, yeah, like a lot of these hypercars, I feel like they don't really like capture that for me the way that a lot of my favorite cars historically have because they're, yeah, like a Lycan Motors, actually a Lycan Motors, that's a different example, but like a lot of these McLaren like P1s and stuff, like, yeah, they're brutally fast and they're great and everything, but it's like, Okay, what what did you have to give up to do that? Oh, mm-hmm. nothing. How much better could it be if you did give up something though? Right. And that's kind of why I like. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, the Veyron, thousand one horsepower. I'm like, yeah, we can we can strap a a, a, a Beijing blowjob onto an old Ford or a Chevy truck motor yeah. and make a thousand horsepower. But like, but like the Veyron can do it in the cold and like it can reliably. do it like a bunch yeah. of times. Where that truck motor is going to do maybe two pulls with a really good tune. And then it's exactly, gone. and yeah. I think that's kind of the thing. Is that, and plus, I also had to like get through emissions and everything. Which right, is like, and the crash safety, and just like has a really nice interior because has to live up to its price point. Yeah, so they, that car is still an incredible thing. I mean, when when I think Top Gear did it before they went off air with yeah. the old crew, but they yeah. named it as a like car of the century. Yeah, really, the Veyron. I'm like. 
Yeah, it's the, yeah, yeah. It really is. It just, and, I mean, it's hard to argue with. I mean, that thing is an absolute tour de force of technology. The other thing with the Veyron is, again, I really have to stress. I cannot stress this anymore. I'm not a fan of that car. Like, I really, it's. It's an automatic, so I don't like it. it it's very annoying to me because the car should be a lot of things I like, but it just it doesn't do it in a way that I like it. I, I'm trying to figure out where I stand on that car as we speak, really. <laughs> I, I don't stand, I, don't, I will not say I'm a fan of it, but like I respect it. That's, mm-hmm. I think that's how I'm going to put it. But what it did is it did a really good job of living up to Ettore Bugatti's name. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, is the most important aspect of that car is that, yeah, like when Ettore Bugatti made his cars, like he made like the fastest, most efficient, best cars of his era mm-hmm. and the most, the, the most grand cars of his era. And they really kind of threw all that into one car. And sure. I think that that's kind of cool. And it works. So, yeah, it, it worked. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, as to like, why do modern cars not, seem to have not advanced much? I think that we're in an era where we're catching up with what we did in 2005, six, yeah. six, 2006. <clears throat> And then once we catch up to that, I think we're going to get our next big jump. Sure. So, I could see that. I think, I think it's coming soon because it's about 10 years. You know, I still wonder if we're going to get another combustion last hurrah before we see like the, yeah. the remaces and yeah. all that kind of just take oh, over. Oh, we will. Absolutely. I've got no, no doubt. I think that Koenigsegg uh, might do it. Um, cause they actually have the budget and Christian and the Vine, technology and the technology and Christian Von Koenigsegg is a human. Uh, I, th- I really think I'm gonna put my, my money in Koenigsegg's score. The only other person that could do it is if like Bugatti comes out like left field and he goes, Hey, here's another, like a, the Atlantique with a W30. And now it's like a 31. Yeah. And then now we're going to be going, you know, 300 rounds, like something like, ridiculous <laughs> like that. But I really right. think it's to be Christian Von Koenigsegg that's going to do it. Yeah, I could see that. Hopefully it's the 1-1 or the Aguera R or something. But. Yes. Well, yeah, I, I think Christian von Koenigsegg is probably my favorite like car company guy. I mean, he's got a lot of the facets of what makes Musk's craziness appealing, yes. but he's got like the solidity and like the level-headedness. He's, he's a Swedish Musk Elon Musk. Have. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about a German car company that yeah. just makes a bunch of trash. <laughs> so, Audi e-tron, the SUV. Finally announced. Uh, hot air moving over a turd. So, um, the company that is known for making aluminum production vehicles, the D288, back in 1999. Remember that thing? No. You don't remember that? The D288? A8. Oh, oh, the A8, yes. Yeah. Yes. So, that thing, 98, 99, came into production. Okay. All aluminum monocoque. They have That's the technology. Really cool. They have the factory. It's a really good winter beater if you can six-speed swap it. Because it's a belt for two, and it's aluminum. Anyway, this Audi e-tron thing is a ground-up design on a new platform that borrows from a lot of parts bin stuff, but it's a steel body. And because of that, it is almost a 1,000 pounds heavier than a base Tesla Model X, which is not a light vehicle. Why would you put a steel body into a electric vehicle? I don't know. I can't find any good reason for that. Uh, this does have, I think it's a 95 kilowatt hour-ish, something or other battery. It has dual motors, but to motor output combined in actual kilowatts equates to like 326 horsepower. 
And this thing weighs more than 5,000 pounds. It's going to be slow as shit. But it does have like a boost mode where it can like jam more amps at it. It's like 400. It, make, it still does 16 5.7 seconds. But this hey, thing is just heavy, second. tippy, I've been saying dumb. leave it to Volkswagen to make an electric car unreliable. I think that this is going to be it. <laughs> what, like, by putting it into sport mode just overloading these poor little yes! motors and burning the windings out of them? Yes, because it, it's got this giant, ridiculous steel body. I, I, I figure <laughs> Volkswagen is inevitably the, com- the company that will make... Like they will make a tree unreliable. Like <laughs> our wood trim is starting to like rot. They, they, like, Vol- if Volkswagen like like chemically engineered a tree, like <laughs> through CRISPR method to make a tree live through anything, we'll find a way for it to like die in five years. Like every time. I've had zero faith in that company. I think the reason why they did it, though, is because everything from the styling to the materials it's made out of to the interior to the suspension, everything is, if not a carryover from a gas model, it's exactly the same. And that is to get people weaned over from TSIs into EVs without any fuss. They're not taking any risks, like pretty much all other EV you know, sub brands or just do it. Take the risk. I know. But like, apparently they claim they've done a lot of market research and the people that actually buy Audi CUVs, which are not bright folks want this. It is to be fair. I do hear a lot of hype from my customers at work about this and it's fine. Cause I'm happy that once we move to EVs, I will still have a job. Now you're just going to be replacing motors with burnt out windings. Cause they're hauling around a small Georgian tower block. Yeah, it's true, yeah. And they're going to be put into boost mode to get on the highway <laughs> for any reason at all. Like, I, I like my like zero- we were talking about a couple weeks ago, I guarantee those high-voltage cables that are almost always copper, they're going to find a way to make those out of aluminum and make them smaller so they burn out and no, work they're, hard. And, no, and- they're going to be made out of copper, but they're going to have that biodegradable wire shielding, <laughs> and the whole thing's going to light on fire. 800-volt DC system yeah, with the biodegradable. Yeah, it's a fucking kill somebody, and Volkswagens have to go to court again, and... <laughs> It's just going to be another problem with Volkswagen. You you heard it here first. 2030 Volkswagen Auto Group Cablegate. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm calling it right now. I've got zero faith in this company. I don't get why people have any faith in them. Oh, they're better now. No, they're not. They've never historically been better. Like, ever since the founding of Volkswagen, they've been made of shit. Like, they were founded by Nazis. Bombed out. Went away. All right, they come back. Now they're... (laughs) Now they got the Beetle. Okay, well, the Beetle, you can't see out of the back window. I have to redesign the whole rear end of the car. Okay, so that's pretty minor. Oh, but now the back seats on the air-cooled Beetles fall in on top of the battery terminals, light the whole car on fire. Real thing that happens to them. That's why we, whenever we have them in our building, we take the back seat at work and we put it in the floorboard so it doesn't light the whole building on fire. Actual thing. After they did that, they had the Mark One Golf. Mark One Golf was pretty good, but hey, they made the Dasher, which was a giant sack of shit. That's why nobody even remembers that the Dasher exists. Then after the Dasher, they had the Vanagon, which sucks top to bottom. Then they had the Eurovan, which sucks top to bottom. They had the Mark Three that just rusts in half immediately. They made every single Audi ever, which yep. all collectively suck, with the exception of the Audi Quattro Coupe. There's, I don't understand why anybody even buys a And then we get to Mark Four. Can Ryan, wiring harness. a soapbox to send him to This is Euro great. Works. We're covering the history of the Volkswagen Compact I, right yeah, now. Yeah, right there. That's one of the things from Scott's thing. I, cover the, I just covered all Volkswagen. It fucking 
fucking sucks top to bottom. For the last 80 years, they've been nothing but shit. They always will be, and they're just shit cars. But you know what they do a really good job of is they make their shit. They market the fuck out of their shit cars. They make them really pretty, and they make cool colors. And that's how people buy these pieces of shit. And when I bought one, I knew it was a piece of shit. But I'm like, you know what? This piece of shit looks really cool. And look at this. I've got the GLI. It's so awesome. And then one day I was turning right to go from from 35W South to 494 Westbound. The door flew open. My seatbelt failed simultaneously. My throttle stuck. The car tried to kill me. I hate Volkswagen. They, they suck. I'm done. Get the bagpipes. <laughs>